You are listening to Castles and Cryptids, where the castles are haunted and the cryptids are cryptic as fuck. And I'm Alana. I'm Kelsey. And the hosts are Canadian and they are cuties and they are chicks. I'm going to make all C words to go with our logo. Oh, okay. It's a theme. Um, uh, we've established prior to starting recording that I'm losing my mind, so I apologize, but it's just late and, you know, my brain is fried. I mean, it's late. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we were late starting recording because of me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> but this is episode 63. Yeah. I found it. It is a very special episode, though. Yes, it is. So, yeah, we're very, very excited because we get to do a fan picker. So that was really exciting to delve into something that we didn't have to go, oh, what do we want to do? <laughs> yeah, it was a request. And that was cool because we might not have revisited crimes in and around Australia for a while otherwise. And other, I wouldn't have found these bizarre cases yeah mine uh is kind of short i had i had fun looking it up though i had fun looking up a bunch of stuff about australia yeah i'm glad because <clears throat> i know at first you were looking for stuff and yeah we were, like keeping it a little too pigeonhole wouldn't be in like it's gonna be this kind of case and i was like well it doesn't really <laughs> yeah because okay so we don't know how to do this because we've never done it before but our fan picker tonight was our lovely patron um of the five fifteen dollar fens friends the absolute exclusive club that yes. you could be in in the castles and cryptids family <laughs> Like, the bosom of our creepy little hearts. Um, <laughs> and at that level, you get to pick. So, um, this one goes out to our fan picker, Sean Lander, from Australia. Yes, so thank you. It's kind of a hometown murder situation. <laughs> yeah. Let's do... I mean, we love doing Canadian crimes, right? Like, because you totally just get to look into your weird history and be like what the fuck yeah <laughs> that's the best part oh so how are you <laughs> i'm good i'm just tired <laughs> mm-hmm. y'all we are doing it but i don't know it's summer <laughs> Yeah, at least it's kind of like lay around. <laughs> at least it's still bright outside this time of day. I know. I mean, sometimes I wish it was darker because then it's spookier. <laughs> I'll just close my window. Blackout curtains. Yeah. Black like my heart. <laughs> No, but it's it was actually nice out today, which was nice because we've had, like, so much freaking rain. Yes. Like, oh my god. There was so many mushrooms when we cut across the the field in the park behind our yeah. house. I have a few in a... my yard. 
Right? Oh, there was tons. And at one point I said to Rain, this one's like a little fairy ring because they were in a, a half circle. <laughs> I was like, what happened here? They were in this perfect little... <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, well, shall we crack into it? I think so. <laughs> um, would you like to go first? We kind of like to do that sometimes. Yeah, I can go first. I'm My... excited to hear what yours is. Especially after you gave me a hint, because we have to make sure we're not doing the same cases. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't feel like you would be doing mine, but I had to make sure. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, I was leaning in a, like, murdery, what kind of killers are there? And, you know that kind of specific direction and you might have branched yeah. off from that which is always exciting <laughs> yeah I decided to go completely in a different direction um I went super super old and I d ended up doing a heist or a robbery instead of a murder heist heist baby that's yeah. my favorite <laughs> uh yeah. Not. I love to hear it. Because, yeah. Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Who doesn't love a good heist? <laughs> We've talked about this before. It's some of our favorite movies. It's one of our longest episodes because of me. Uh... Oh, yeah. I I was going to say, yeah, the gardener thing came up in a book of mine I was rereading the other day. Because it is about this FBI agent who has to team up with a crook. <gasps> There's sexual oh. tension, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. By the lady that does the Stephanie Plum books that um, me and my mom like to read just for, like, absolute, you know, you know, reality TV-style novels. <laughs> but yeah. This one she writes with a guy, so then they have kind of this... Then they did a heist, and whatever and they were mentioning the Gardner Museum heist because they do this robbery in Montreal on July 1st was it July 1st yeah and apparently it's moving day as well as Canada Day. I don't know it was this whole thing and I was like is this real they have a lot of details so I'm gonna go with yes <laughs> okay and they mentioned like people the Gardner Museum heist being one of the biggest ones and all the crooks know about it yeah <laughs> and I was like I know about this too and I didn't <laughs> the first time I read this book <laughs> now I'm oh. educated <laughs> yeah that's cool when you go back and you're like I know more about that now exactly I'm a worldly woman <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for teaching me oh you're welcome <laughs> uh so, <laughs> so the I guess case or robbery I chose to cover is actually Australia's first bank robbery. And first? Yeah. The first time a Damn. bank was robbed in Australia. And Man, they were just like, we're just formed as a country. Oh, but we're all former convicts. So <laughs> now somebody's going to screw somebody else. <laughs> Basically, I have a little bit about that because I... Didn't know much about that before, but... Ooh, yeah, I find that stuff fascinating. I Yeah. yeah I mean, you can only get so, taught so much history in school. Yeah. 
<laughs> so basically in the 1800s Australia was operating kind of like well it was basically like an Alcatraz style island uh half the people that were living in Australia in the 1800s were convicts who had been sent there from different British colonies uh as a way for the like British to kind of keep them all in one place which I think I had maybe heard of before but I didn't remember so as I was reading this I was or reading about the robbery I was like this doesn't really make sense like it seems so like a like easy for them to just find people and then once the one article was talking about this I was like oh that makes more sense that yeah just like half of the people there would be like you want to rob a bank sure like let's join (laughs) kind of because it was a penal colony yeah i just love saying penal (laughs) yeah no that is true though it's like well that's probably what's gonna happen it's gonna be a little bit more of a lawless land (laughs) yeah many of the convicts that were on australia at the time weren't actually locked up And as long as they had jobs and attended the church on Sundays, they were pretty much free to walk around and, other than that, do whatever they wanted. Okay. And these were prisoners, they're like day prisoners, kind of. Yeah, a similar type deal. I think probably the worst of the worst were actually locked up, but a lot of them weren't. And any convict who didn't show up to church on Sunday to pray would uh, face possibly being locked up as, like, punishment. So it was very important for them to attend church on Sundays. Oh, good lord. Yeah. Literally. (laughs) Save them. Save them. Praise Jeebus. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting tactic. So (laughs) the Bank of Australia was established in 1826, which is super old. And every time I tried to type dates in this, I kept putting like 1926, 19, whatever. And (laughs) I kept being like, no, 18, 18. It's so much older. 18. (laughs) (laughs) A whole century before. And then the one time I put, I think it was like 1970 or yeah, 1970-something. And I was like, that's like 50 years <laughs> out from, the, 150 years out from the date I meant. I was like, I just made up a date. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I'll start writing something and then it's like dyslexia of the fingers. Yeah. You know, like brain gets ahead of you. You write a word that you were thinking that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) So the Bank of Australia was founded in 1826, and it was Sydney and Australia's first bank. And mm -hmm, it hit... The OG, like... Yeah. It's probably all made of stone and crap. Yes. (laughs) It's probably all beautiful and shit. (laughs) I tried to find a picture of it. And it's hard because I don't think they had, like, pictures back in the 1820s. And I couldn't really find any sketches of it or anything either. So so it's, like, not around anymore. 
No, I found a bank that they were talking about in Australia that said like 1840 and 1860, but I couldn't find this one. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this bank had been built to compete against the Bank of New South Wales, which had been founded a few years earlier in 1817. And Thomas yeah, McVitie, McVitie. I am not too sure. Uh, he's the managing <laughs> director. He was the merchant and the magistrate of the bank, so he's in charge. He's the boss, and he lived above the bank <laughs> with his family, and they were in the largest and northernmost of the row. There's two story houses that are known as the Underwood. Underwoods buildings and so I believe they're just basically in an apartment above the bank um okay yeah they do that sometimes yeah I find it weird it was like who wants to live in an apartment above your work oh, yeah I was gonna say for a bank though yeah it's not yeah. a very secure place so it's only employees that live up there I think it's just his family that's it. Huh. Yeah. Um, There's my pen. Sorry. <laughs> so these buildings were located in the lower George Street, and they were opposite of the Essex Street. Essex, Essex Street. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, okay. Essex. Okay. It yeah. sounds very British already. It's just like I came across a town in my case that I was like, we have the exact same town name in New Brunswick. <laughs> we just mm. all use the British names that we know from where we came from. Yep. Although sometimes people call New Brunswick New France if you had to call it something, but Quebec's now really the more yeah. Frencher. The more Frencher. That's the official term. <laughs> uh, so, McVitie, he employed a stonemason to work on the bank and this stonemason actually was also a convict that was living in Australia named Thomas Turner and so not great sorry (laughs) yeah Uh, well what did he do this convict do we know no it's 1800s most of them don't have a lot of information it's basically just about the robbery. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Thomas Turner, he was hired for his stonemason work to be able to convert the basement of the building in the bank into a strong room. And those oh. were, so it's basically like building the stone vault at the time. Uh, they called them the strong room. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. They yeah. wouldn't have like a modern day vault. With no. No. Cement and metal and yeah, <laughs> one of those big turny um, <laughs> doors. What is? Yeah, the handle that you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like you're at a ship helm. <laughs> yeah. 
This was probably I just really like... I want to turn one of those. That's why I wanted to do the escape room in Vegas there. I was like, oh. oh you could do the bank. You could do a bank heist one. Next time. Next time. <laughs> so the robbery itself occurred on September 14th of 1828 when the bank's strong room was breached by thieves that entered by going through the sewer drain that ran, like, through the building. Ah, smart. Mm -hmm. You can tunnel out of prison or tunnel into a jail. (laughs) Yeah. Thomas Turner was, like, the main guy that planned this. He wasn't one of the thieves that helped rob the bank specifically, from what I could find, but they used his knowledge in the layout of the bank and the fact that the sewer drain that Thomas had worked on ran into the tank stream and then adjoined the new bank strong room or vault. And he knew that they could get through there. Because uh, they have an inside guy working on it. Yeah, they ended up with a few inside guys. Nice. Uh, I mean, as long as nobody turns on you. You're good to go. (laughs) So Turner knew that he would pretty much be the obvious suspect if he robbed the bank because he had just worked on it. So he wanted to enlist a few others to join in on the plan and they would be the ones to actually break into the basement uh, through this like drain system. Oh man, I wouldn't like to be asked to be one of those guys. It sounds kind of expendable. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. They get away with a lot of money. I, I'd say they were, they probably thought it was worth it. I mean, I would. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've had some inept thieves on here before. Like some that didn't get away with anything because they had that one dumbass on oh. their team. <laughs> no, these guys like... do all right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Turner first mentioned the idea to a man named James Dingle. Oh, no. Uh, Yeah, Dingle. He was a shoemaker and an ex-convict. I don't know what he did. Uh, Dingle then brought in two different guys that were both convicts. There was George Farrell, who was a shoemaker, and William Blackstone, who was a blacksmith. No. (laughs) I know, right? Of course, Blackstone's a blacksmith. It's pretty great. Uh, lastly. (laughs) Yeah. Did he just change it? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) It's pretty great. He comes up a lot. He's one of the, like, top guys. Um, lastly, they brought in a John Creighton who worked as a slater or plasterer. And he had actually been the one that had laid the strong room floor. So he was also kind of their inside man. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, another one. Kind of like a bricklayer guy or something? Yeah. Hmm. So, Blackstone, the blacksmith, he made some specialized tools that they would be able to use to remove the bricks from the drain wall. They didn't describe these tools. I'd be interested to see what they are. I don't know. They were used to remove the bricks from the drain wall and then remove the stones from the floor. Blacksmith tools, was it? Well, he made the tools. Like, he specially made these tools. Yeah. Right. Okay. 
Yeah. Now I'm, well, now they make... Now with Legos, you know they make this big, long orange piece that tapers at the end, and it's for you can stick it in between two pieces and use it to get them all, you know, unstuck without breaking all your nails. Oh my god! <laughs> Something like between that and a crowbar is what I'm maybe yeah. picturing. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I could uh... be completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Together, they accessed the drain through a grating in the passageway that was located between the bank and the Keep Within Compass Hotel. So I think this grating was maybe in the street or an alleyway in between the two buildings. What is the name of the hotel? The Keep Within Compass Hotel. Oh my god. Yeah, it was the weirdest name. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Keep Within the Compass. A direction, I don't know. Then again, I named my podcast Castles and Cryptids, and even I hate to spell out cryptids every time. What the <laughs> fuck, this word is one... It's like when you have to write psycho or something that's just... Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to spell. <laughs> oh my god. So, together Sorry. they made their way <laughs> through the sewer drain until they were underneath the strong room, and then over the course of the next, I believe, three Saturdays, they worked with Blackstone's tools and removed different bricks and were able to get access to the five-foot-thick floor of the strongroom vault. Whoa, she thick. Yeah. That's almost as thick as I am tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of that. That is, like, crazy right five feet i'm five four like (laughs) yeah so on as i said on sunday the 14th of september 1828 pharrell blackstone Creton were joined by a fourth uh member that they had brought on who was the ex-convict valentine rourke and he movie star (laughs) yeah rourke um because they actually breached or they knew they were close to breaching the bank on the saturday night because they'd work like all day saturday so they normally would stop on sunday because they had to go to church so this one they knew that they were all (laughs) so close so they actually called on sunday and basically got permission to skip church no way (laughs) yeah and then they ended up breaking they gave (laughs) i can't remember what it was i think something somewhere said um but i think they just said that they were like working or something probably and couldn't but (laughs) yeah so which yes we're too busy far too busy we're robbing a bank today I mean, raising money for the poor. I mean, yes. (laughs) Well, they knew that they were going to breach it within the next few hours, so they didn't want to stop. And I mean, who wouldn't? Um, Right? Sometimes a few hours is all it takes. All those times on Oak Island when they were like, come back the next day. It's all filled in. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So they miss church and they finally break through the wall and they removed a whole bunch of banknotes and coins from the bank. Um, okay. One source, I can't remember what it was. I think it was one of the articles I read. I'm pretty sure I copied this directly from it. Um, 
but it was the only thing I saw this from. It said, quote, at about 2.30 a.m., they were coming up from the drain with their loot when two policemen came past. They spoke to Dingle, who wasn't carrying anything, and told the officers that he had fallen asleep outside. One of the policemen was a little suspicious because it was a wet night and Dingle was far too dry to have been sleeping out in the rain, but he let Dingle go. That was the only mentioned in one thing. So I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, a lot of times that's whether fiction or whatever, I don't know, probably fact, like people will just put on a disguise like and walked right out or just walk casually through a crowd as if they weren't just like running from the cops and like no one gives them a second glance because they're just like acting normal and you're like how how could you miss them (laughs) yeah exactly or like yeah you think oh that's fine he's kind of weird but whatever you know (laughs) yeah Uh, so what they got out of the banquet was about 14,000 pounds, uh, and mostly in banknotes along with some silver coins. And as of 2017, so almost 200 years later, this amount stolen would have been over $20 million. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, it was so long ago that I was going to say, yeah, that's sounds like nothing by today's standards. No. Relatively, but wow. <laughs> yeah, $20 million. I mean, yeah. Because people probably made like, yeah, a pound a week or something. <laughs> right? Oh. Like, I wonder if they're going <laughs> to live it up now. <laughs> yeah. So, the bank opened the next day, and the theft, I think, was pretty quickly discovered by the bank staff and directors. They, one source said that they found empty cash boxes, some picks, some crowbars, a tinderbox, and several empty rum bottles. Um, oh? Yeah. But why is all the rum gone? Because <laughs> they were working all night. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) You guys were celebrating. (laughs) Yeah. At this time, no bank had ever been robbed in the colony. I assume in the British colony before. And... Well, or the colony. Maybe it wasn't a country yet. Australia. Yeah. I think so. Because we were only a country in, like, 1867. Yeah. I don't know. Um, So the amount was, like, really shocking, I mean, as we said, today it'd be, like, $20 million. That'd be still shocking today. Right. Uh, A reward of £100 was offered by the bank. I should have converted that one. Damn. Uh, I wonder what that would be. Uh, Is it... I don't know if it's a bookmark or someone. Is it, like, a website where you go to, like, old money converter? I always hear other podcasters talking about it. Because I'm like, that's it. Where have I been? <laughs> I did it for, like, a few things um, before that didn't tell me, but this one had, like, a couple of them. I just didn't realize this. I'd be like, I wonder if 14,000's 20 million, what's, what's 100 pounds? So, 100. Oh. I'm doing... 
Oh, I can't do specific years. We'll do 1830 then. Number of pounds. 100. Oh, in, uh, the Australia gained full independence the 1st of January 1901. I think they're even younger than us then. Oh. <laughs> oh, this, sorry, I'm in like the wrong website. That's not what I want. That's okay, we'll edit. <laughs> One dollar. Yeah, had to use it. 100 pounds in the year 1830. Twas the year. <laughs> It'd be like $11,000. <laughs> this reward was $11,000. That's oh. impressive. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. You're you're not you're not good friends and family would turn you in. <laughs> yeah. So apparently the bank was offering this one hundred pound or eleven thousand today uh reward for information that would lead to the identification and the conviction of the thieves. Oh good. I mean <laughs> I sometimes always want to root with thieves, like, right. if they're not too violent, I'm like, good for you, especially when I watch Ocean's Eleven and shit like yeah. that. And Danny Ocean, you're so cool. <laughs> yeah, I have a little bit more respect for the ones that get in and out quietly, like, during the night than people that are holding people at gunpoint and stuff. That's not cool. Yeah, they're dressed up like Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> in the Santa Claus one. I've heard that before, but I don't think we've covered it, have we? No. There's No, but I've heard about that one, I think. It, yeah, it's a bank robbery and he's literally dressed like Santa Claus to get away easier cuz it's the holiday season. I don't know, but there's Yeah. They're they they're not without fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The governor at the time was apparently Governor Darling. And Governor Darling. Governor Darling. He actually even offered a free pardon to any people that were involved in the group or the thieves who gave up information about their associates. And the bank guaranteed that the informer would receive free passage back to England. So basically oh, weren't even going to punish these people. They just needed the money back. And they get to go back to civilization? No, Basically. But, like, back to, like, yeah, the big city and not kind of made an outcast on this colony. Yeah. From what I read um, in one thing, it basically said that a lot of people that serve out their time in Australia decided to stay there and didn't want to go back. So I feel like yeah, you they were like I don't want to go back to that dreary weather. <laughs> the yeah, north, the northern hemisphere is rough sometimes, y'all. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> I would love to go to Australia. Oh, yeah, and we have a good like we have quite a nice following there too. By the way, I mean, Ooh. I just. Y'all, you keep telling your friends and maybe we can make a show out there someday <laughs> on the vision board. No. <laughs>
So the numbers of the missing banknotes were then published and the bank actually withdrew all of the notes from circulation. Like every banknote that was in circulation in Australia was pulled and asked to oh, be surrendered. Lord. Yep. And they worked to print new notes so that they could replace all of the old ones. And they asked the public basically to trade in all their old notes for new ones. And okay. <laughs> yeah. People who surrendered any of the old notes were actually required to explain how they had gotten them. And so it's like, how'd you get this money? It's like terrible. But we had it before this bank was ever fucking robbed. Fuck right? you. Oh, oh my god. So stupid. Yeah, that's not fair. Yeah. My if grandma you... sent it to me, like <laughs> Yeah. If you couldn't provide a good answer to how you got the money, you were actually questioned directly by the police. Oh good god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So it kind of developed into a sort of trade network or fencing that was happening for people kind of trying to get rid of the stolen old notes and goods at a discount price. And this caused several people to be charged with possession of stolen money or receiving stolen goods, but not really any of the people directly involved in the robbery. Um, Oh, come on. That's like, that's so stupid. So they were sent, a lot of these people were sentenced to 7 to 14 years in the Morton Bay Penal Colony. So, for I don't know. For money? That they... Well, for receiving money. or being in possession of stolen money or goods. I guess. Because it's like, just because you can't say where you got the money from doesn't mean it's stolen. Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> Uh, collections of stolen notes did actually end up turning up and being handed over to police. There was 140 pounds that were found hidden in the rafters of a public toilet in the rocks. Uh, I don't know if that was like, maybe like a bar or something. Oh my god. Then they just Mm -hmm. (laughs) hid it in the toilet like... Arrested yeah. development. There's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> and then they burn always... the banana stand. Yeah. But then, later he finds out that there's an offshore bank account when he looks at the banana stand thing on the check. Oh my god. So many callbacks yeah. in the last season. I was watching it again. <laughs> no. Uh, they also found a bundle of 50-pound notes that were underneath a rock near the Liverpool Street. And there was also an orphan child that was playing near a well at Darling Harbour that discovered 2,959 pounds under a stone. Um, What? Why is this poor orphan just playing near a well? Right? Oh, no. Where are her parents? Oh, God. Just kidding. (laughs) That's awful. (laughs) But then she finds the money, and then what? They're going to take it, probably? (laughs) Uh, No, not quite. The people who handed in any of these, like, stolen notes were actually rewarded by receiving 5% of the total value. 
So the orphan child ended up receiving about 148 pounds, which based on the conversion oh. would be almost like $16,000. Okay, when you put it like yeah. that. <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. Because otherwise, why would you want to turn it in, right? <laughs> yeah. Overall, the money recovered ended up falling obviously quite short of the 14,000 pounds that were stolen. Hmm. And police at this time were pretty unsuccessful in figuring out who any of the thieves were until a major breakthrough in December of 1830, almost a year and a half after the robbery, when the blacksmith, Blackstone, ended up confessing. What? Yeah. This is how it all falls apart. It's the only reason, literally. Yeah. How could he? Uh, he had been trying not, or he hadn't been trying to keep a low profile since the robbery. He had committed a bunch of other crimes, and a year after the robbery in 1829, he had been sentenced to 14 years for a highway robbery. A literal highway robbery. I yeah. forgot they used to have those sometimes. <laughs> right? It's like a coach wagon robbery. Uh. Yeah, and not just like what your grandpa's yelling when they overcharge him at like yes. or something. <laughs> <I remember. laughs> uh, so he was in a place called Norfolk Island for okay. about a year and he ended up taking up the governor's early offer of a pardon and basically being sent to England and all this stuff as long as he would provide information. So he wanted this deal. He made his confession, and he provided information about the other men involved, Dingle, Pharrell, Rourke, and Creighton, as well, uh, he named as the accomplices, because I think they were the ones that actually were there. It kind of conflicted about who was actually there. Mm. He Nobody's naming names and pointing fingers. <laughs> yeah. He also named a man of Thomas Woodward, who was a convict in fence, who had received some of the stolen money. They were basically, from what yeah. I understood, they were basically paying him to, like, a percentage to get rid of the money faster by giving it to other people to hand in to the police. Um, okay. Yeah. A middleman of some sort, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they started arresting people... And about this time in the 1830s, by this time, Creighton, one of the men involved, he had already died. And Rourke had actually returned to Ireland, so they didn't do anything to try and prosecute him. And he wanted to be a movie star. Wait. <laughs> and he's <laughs> 200 kind of... years old. What was his first name? It was so fancy. Mickey. Oh, that guy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, Mickey's the guy that's alive oh. today. Rourke's uh, Rourke. He had a I'm trying to fancy find pants name. No, I forget now. I'm sorry. Uh, it wasn't Dingle. I wrote down no. his name because that one was funny. It was <laughs> Valentine Rourke. Valentine, right? Yeah. Oh, so very... Yeah, sounds like a character. <laughs> um. So, yeah, 1831, Dingle, Pharrell... Woodward are all tried 
and Pharrell is found guilty of breaking and entering into McVitie's house and stealing money. I don't really know what this is about. Uh, I hadn't heard of it before, but they kept talk saying this is what he, he was convicted of. And the reason why they convicted him of this is because theft from a like an actual dwelling, a house, was punishable by death and was actually more severe than the penalty than theft from a bank. So... Oh... Yeah. Okie <laughs> I don't know how that makes gonna, sense. But. Yeah, I was like, I'm just gonna let that one simmer for a second because I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. So Weird. he was charged with stealing from McVady's house. I don't know when he did this or what he took. I know nothing about that. Hmm. Um, Dingle, who had organized a bunch of the gang members to join, but who had basically set it up so that he himself wouldn't be at the scene of the robbery that day. Um, he had also arranged for Pharrell and Blackstone to be excused from their usual Sunday um, muster of prisoners, so their service. He was found guilty of aiding and abetting and assisting Pharrell. Probably in stealing. I don't know. Uh, Throwing all the charges at him they can. Yeah. <laughs> Throw the book at them. Except for robbing the bank. Uh, <laughs> right. um, Woodward was found guilty of being an accessory because he was the fence. And being for... too sexy. Oh, no, wait. That's Valentine. No. <laughs> yeah. Pharrell and Dingle were sentenced to life on Norfolk Island, and Woodward received 14 years. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So Blackstone received his promised uh, 100 pounds, or about $11,000, and he also right. received his full pardon. He ended up declining the passage to England. He decided to stay in Australia. And nice. he probably should have left because in 1833, uh -oh. he, he was found guilty of other robberies and sentenced to life on Norfolk Island, where he joined his associates anyway, the ones he had just ratted on. Um, <laughs> so not great. Whoops. So he was free for like two more years and then he's like, you know what? Uh, Can't stop stealing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Blackstone, he was released at some point, it doesn't really say, but in 1844, his body was actually found in a swamp. Some things said he had been strangled. Um. Okay, yeah. that's weird. Yeah, so somebody offed him for sure. Uh, he was found oh. in a swamp in the Sid, in the Sid, in what is now the Sydney suburb of Wallamalu. No. Wallamalu? Wallamalu. I don't know. There's too many L's and O's. <laughs> oh, maybe it's Wallamalu. indigenous. Mm. I don't know. It's W-O-O-L-L-O-O-M-O-O-L-O-O. Wallamalu. It's difficult. Wallamolu, my name's Cog. No, then I'm just gonna Wallamalu. start doing New Zealand because all I can <laughs> references 
Taika Waititi. I, don't, I got yeah. nothing. That was very wrong. <laughs> I uh, apologize. If you remember Thomas Turner, he is the one that T-T. actually... Yeah, he had the whole idea of the robbery in the first place. He... Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he basically came up with the idea that the others kind of carried forward. He was never actually connected directly to the robbery. He was also never charged due to a lack of evidence. They couldn't tie anything directly to him. And in the uh, information that Blackstone gave up in 1831, it said that he was exonerated. So Blackstone pretty much didn't give him up. Uh, wow. he got off yeah. scot-free. Mm-hmm. It seems that he was able to dispose of his share of the money before the authorities began to suspect that he was involved at all. I mean, I suppose you could be like, free money, and a bunch of people would come running. <laughs> yeah. Step, keep some of it for me. Maybe somebody <laughs> will. <laughs> So, the bank did recover from its losses in the robbery. Uh, just a, not completely, but they did all right. Um, but they did have a worse crisis less than 20 years later. And the Bank of Australia ended up going bust, and it closed in 1843. Oh. Um. I looked it up briefly because it was mentioned in one of the articles. It kind of looked like somebody got a loan from the bank that was for a lot of money, like the biggest one at the bank, and they basically just couldn't pay it back, and it caused the bank to go bust because it was their they had basically loaned out too much money. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't uh, don't do that. Banks should always carry. Well, I don't know. I'm, just, but I think economies that aren't backed on anything are banks that can't pay out their customers. That doesn't usually end well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um. Dear. So you may ask, where is all this money? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Where's <laughs> this twenty? Some. Where's this twenty million? Come on. Uh, because of the amount of the money that was recovered, um, over the last two hundred years, being significantly less than the amount that was stolen. There is the belief and remains today that it is hidden somewhere. And uh, treasure hunt. Maybe. <laughs> There's rumors that some of the silver coins may... These are just different rumors. Um, rumors say that some of the silver coins may have been submerged at Darling Harbor. And this has been searched, but nothing as of now has been recovered. And okay. Yeah. In 1893, a woman approached the, at the time, the premier, Sir, jo- Sir George Dibbs, and she Sir had a- Sir George Dibbs. Yeah, Dibbs. <laughs> the ultimate Dibbs. Uh, dibs on that guy. <laughs> uh, she approached him with information from her recently deceased husband that- claimed that much of the bank's gold and silver had been buried near Miss Marquis' chair in the domain. I think I meant okay. to look that up, and I forgot. Yeah, she has a chair. Ooh. It's in the domain. Uh, there might be gold. <laughs> the 
the premier, the Sir, Sir Dibbs, he authorized the excavation of the area, but again, nothing was found. Uh, another rumor says that, um, or another rumor came about from some night fishermen who said that they saw a mysterious rower who was slipping into Little Sirius Cove, uh, which is near the Taronga Zoo today. Um, Okay. Yeah, saw him going in there as well as some other nearby coves at various times following the robbery. There were some treasure hunters in 2017 that still claimed that several boxes of coins from the Bank of Australia robbery may be buried near the water's edge in one of the small bays on Sydney's North Shore. And that's where I leave it. Buried treasure. If anybody knows, send us so we can go to Australia and get $20 million. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you they'll send, they'll go there with Rick and Marty Lagina. Because now they have a show that's an offshoot of the Curse of Oak Island that's called Beyond Oak Island. And they've kind of like visited other treasure hunters around America and looking for different lost American gold. And I don't know. I bet I could see them doing a, you know, overseas. Like that, there's a deep dive. Yeah. (laughs) That's so cool. I love missing money stories. I mean, everyone does. That's DB Cooper. That's got to be some of the appeal, right? There's actually a a Netflix special that's coming out about DB Cooper, and I'm so excited. Oh. Yeah, it comes out in a a few weeks, I think. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. I love it when they go through all, all the suspects and really, like... Yeah. Could it be? Well, this is what evidence we have, and this is what this person says. I am just hoping they do some really dramatic reenactments of him wearing a clip-on <laughs> tie and sunglasses and asking for... I can't even remember what his drink was. Um, yeah. Nothing's gonna top them referencing it in Loki for me, because seeing Tom Hiddleston yeah. all dressed up, being like, oh, I lost a bet, and looking all suave. Oh my god. I'm dead. That was so good. <laughs> I I still haven't watched that yet, but one oh, day. God damn. Oh, no. it's so. He's like, yeah. It just does like a little flashback to him. Whatever. Yeah, watch it. It's good. <laughs> it's it's just a a little bit, but still, I was like, oh my god. That's it. Peace, D B Cooper. Solved. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people said. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good job. That was cool. Thanks. Yeah. I like it. Crimey wimey. Yeah. Yeah, and not like a lot of sadistic murder. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we will be right back. Yes. Yes. Well, welcome back. Yes. You very special, creepy people. I have some... (laughs) Story. I have a story for you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking forward. Yeah, I'm excited. You have no idea. I tried to tell you not a thing about anything. (laughs) Yeah, I... 
know nothing about what you're covering this <laughs> week. I mean, sometimes I don't even know if that's all I'm covering until, like, you you never know how long something's going to be necessarily if you read yeah. an article or two in and you're like, and then me, I will jot down notes or whatever so that I'm like, okay, well, how long is this going to be when I type it up, though? Hmm. And do I need to add more? I've heard other podcasters be like, and here's a fun fact. And sometimes like, cause I had to pad my story, like pause for laughter. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're like, you're like, yep, yep. <laughs> I, I currently, depending how long this episode runs, if we have time, cause mine was only like 50 some minutes. Um, depending how long yours is, I have three tabs open that are weird and random facts about Australia that we can close out with if we need to. So, woo! Whoops. <laughs> I, I, like, inadvertently clinked my glass to that, because I love it! Cheers. Um, I, yeah. I accidentally hit it on my computer. I love that, because I didn't open with any fun facts. I can't remember if we did it last time when we talked about Australia true crime. Uh... I didn't feel like checking in the episode, so... No, because um. I, I didn't, because I did Phoebe's fall, like, that Phoebe hand ju- hands check case. Yeah. And that was enough. That was meaty enough. I was, like, I was all in. <laughs> to and that. I had, but like, like, two and a half yeah. pages about an ice cream truck. <laughs> <laughs> and... I was like, I'm going to make you cry and end with this poem. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, the poem touched me. Anyway. Um, a true crime case already made me cry today. I don't feel like... Oh, my God. Yeah. That Netflix happen. specials. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, There's... yes. Especially if you see the victim's family and stuff. Yes, it was like feeling impact oh. statements. And I was like, no! It was basically oh, no. the last half hour of, like like uh probably a hundred minute long thing it was like the last half hour i was like but but yeah oh man that's that gets you right in the feels yeah (laughs) um that reminds me of when pat watched the last half of stranger things before me and rain did and then said something to the effect of it was it was good i teared up Four times. <laughs> he yeah. had a count. We're like, okay, oh no. <laughs> I haven't so, watched it yet, but I oh keep, I've seen a bunch of spoilers online, and as soon as that happens, yeah. I kind of get, like, disinterested in actually oh. watching it. So That is a shame. Yeah, yeah, Rain said she got spoiled on Twitter, of all places, for yeah. something. And I was like, aw. But then she, we watched it together, and it was really, really, really good really well done yeah but don't worry you have lots of time apparently they have not started filming anything for the next one yet so i think we have like two years to wait or some shit (laughs) (laughs) great (laughs) but oh my god there's a really great scene with metallica and yeah (laughs) yeah i've seen like every gif possible of that (laughs) oh no Uh, yeah. You can also change your Reddit avatar. So I changed our. Oh, how did I do it? I think our Castles and Cryptids one is like Demi Gorgon right now with a, a sailor hat that says Ahoy. Almost like the ones that <laughs> they wore at the ice cream place they worked yeah. at. Yeah. <laughs> Stranger Things. 
That's pretty good, yeah. And then I think I made my personal avatar Eddie. One or the other. It was one or the other. Yeah. And then and then I watched it, so it was <laughs> anyway. I liked okay. Eddie. He was oh. probably by far the only character I well, it's like him and Yeah. Like Steve and Oh Love what's the Steve. What's the his friend Robin? Robin. Yeah, they're the only that three people I good. care about. Like oh, literally no. the rest of the cast could get murdered and I would not flinch. Like I just and don't care. I find them all likable. I actually that I feel like that's an unpopular opinion right there you're having. That's like a yeah. hot take. I so don't know. The, if I've and heard they keep like say that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just Yeah, they're not bringing me back for like watching stuff and they keep kaling oh, off no. people I like. So, I don't Dustin, know. Dustin, he's great. Him and Steve uh, are like the bromance of the year. I like their back and forth, but if you just had Dustin, I wouldn't like it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't like what like did I any say to of my the kids. The other day, Kelsey has strong opinions. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, I I'm sorry, guys. That was our that was my one tangent. I'm allowed. <laughs> no. Okay, so the first one I picked because of the alliteration in one of the the names for it on one of those lists they have oh, okay killers and like oh you know killers spree murders massacres you're like oh okay great and then you want to like <laughs> what's gonna stick out from this and yeah this one was yeah sometimes referred to as the toxic tea lady <laughs> okay which i was a little intrigued by I like a little alliteration, and I like tea. <laughs> yes, you do like your tea, because you're not a coffee drinker. No, no, unless it's like an iced cap or an iced coffee cap situation. Yes. It's not my favorite, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love a London Fog. Hashtag London Fog Fridays, which I got. Uh, they do on... And that's why we drink, because one of the hosts, M, started drinking London Fogs not long after I got introduced to them, so I felt like we were on a journey <laughs> together. Nice. <laughs> well, I mean, they've got a hashtag for it. You might as well tag yeah. yourself. And and then your favorite podcaster, like, from your, like, first podcast you ever listened to, and that's why we drink, will, like, like it. And then your little heart will soar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. wet my whistle all right mine is in the 1800s also here um this lady caroline mickelson was born in 1888 in balmain sydney i feel like balmain is where they have one of the castles that the queen lives in or it's in scotland or something i have no idea uk names like everywhere yeah (laughs) And by, so she's born in 1888, and by February 1908, all the eights, <laughs> Chinese think that's a lucky number, so good for her. She had married her sweetheart in 1908, and his name is Richard William Grills, and he worked as a laborer. Oh, okay. So it's like, and it's like grills, kind of like bear Bear grills? grills? I was just going to say. Of, 
Well, but it is spelled with an I, so it is more like barbecue grills. <laughs> okay. Because Bear Grills is like a Y, isn't it? It is. Okay. I had to double check because I was like, is it just like Bear Grylls? Which is a, who is a British adventurer, according to Wikipedia. But I just knew he had a survival type show. <laughs> yeah. He has yeah. celebrities on sometimes. They're fun. I've watched a couple of them. Okay, yes, he does have celebrities on, doesn't he? Yeah. I feel like I heard of that. Maybe a paranormal person went on or something. Yeah. They do, like, a couple things, and then they'll, like, climb a cliff and cook on a fire or something <laughs> weird, and I don't know, one thing I watched, they had to, like, milk a goat, and I was like, okay. <laughs> oh my know. god, that's so hard. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, try watching alone where they're literally building their own structure and then cooking, shooting their own food. Whether it's like this season, they're in the Canadian real far Arctic instead of sometimes they're on Vancouver Island, which is a lot milder because it's mm-hmm. um, basically it's right off the coast of Vancouver for people that don't live in Canada and don't really know. So it's like very mild Pacific Northwest climate. But then this time I think they're like actually up in the Arctic, like Northwest Territories or something. I don't wow. remember exactly where, but so they've been people, at least two or three people have shot a beaver this season for eating it and stuff mm. like that. I Weird. know. It's crazy. I don't know if I could. <laughs> All right. So back to the show. <laughs> Caroline uh, Mickelson, she was born, married Richard William Grills. We digressed. Uh, But he worked as a laborer. And then they had five sons and one daughter together. Wow. Okay. I wonder if the daughter came last, actually, now that I say that. (laughs) Probably, then. Like Victoria Beckham, who she was always my favorite um, Spice Girl, Posh Spice. She has, like, uh, three three sons and uh, one daughter or something like that. And I'm like, oh, you just wanted that daughter. I know you did. (laughs) (laughs) She wanted to dress her up. Um, So unfortunately, sometimes she's described as short or dumpy, said one. Wow. Which is nice. (laughs) She's like a grandmother-like type. There is an art up. Rather, I put one picture for you on the drive, just for reference. Um, You know, I guess you could say matronly, because she, well, obviously after having five sons and one daughter, now you're a little bit older, and (laughs) she's wearing glasses and whatever. She's she's just this wholesome type that, you know, has sons and kids and whatever, and she she does kind of just look like a grinning granny in a way. Yeah, she looks like a stereotypical grandmother. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's Caroline, and then they had a tragedy when their son Harold, who was uh, nicknamed Wally for some reason, <laughs> was only 28 years old, and he actually died from typhoid fever that he contracted from bringing a dead body to shore. 
because he okay. was a lifeguard. Yeah. Or sometimes, I think I saw, like, a lifesaver. Maybe they have a different word for it in, mm. you know, some different places. Um, but, like, someone on the beach or a pool who's there for safety reasons, you know. <laughs> that sucks. Because he's probably just trying to save the yeah. person and then he ends up dying because of it. Okay, so this is what it was. He had to, or he ended up bringing in, towing in the body of a surfer who had passed away, but was in quite an advanced state of decomposition. Ew. Yes. So apparently that's how he was able to contract typhoid fever from it. Not just because he was like trying to save an alive person. It was like because they were dead. I know, isn't that Ew. sad? Like, and gross, yeah. <laughs> ugh. Like, I, I know, I don't know why. I'm sure there would probably be better protocols in place today, you know? Yeah. They'd probably use, like, it's bad to say, but they'd probably use, like, a net or something for, like, health right. reasons. Yeah, yeah. Also, what? That reminded me of once I saw a, a video where it was like unexpected on the unexpected things and they're like opening up a fish net on a on a fishing boat and then like all these fish are pouring out and pouring out and you're like, oh yeah, 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 normal size bag of fish, but they can hold a lot of fish. And then all of a sudden in the middle, there's a giant seal come out of it. Did I ever <laughs> tell you about that? No. It was just like, whoa, that was unexpected. Okay. He was just... <laughs> Trying to catch a snack, and then I think he just like takes off off the side of the boat. Like, well, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Anyway, I'm just delaying the inevitable because uh, I was talking about sad things. Sorry. So. <laughs> um. Yeah. So because of that, he yeah he was 28 and he died just 10 weeks later in 1948. So that was sad for Caroline and Richard and the father and she apparently talked him out of suing some sort of counsel about it uh, that was all I could find out but I was like okay hmm. I mean maybe should have yeah I don't know um, Richard soon found a job as a real estate agent and then they moved on up to rent a better home in Gladesville. And the article I was reading said, uh, for some context, that in the years after World War II, that Sydney um, was apparently suffering from a housing shortage and a rat problem. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. It's not apparently unusual for people at that time to keep rat poison in their homes, including Caroline. Okay. <laughs> so she had some heavy duty, I think, rat poison on hand, but and it, it contained a heavy metal called thallium. I've heard of that. Really? Yeah. Sounds like something they made up for Marvel to me almost. <laughs> thallium. Vibranium. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't remember specifically what it does, but I've definitely heard of it before in poison cases. Mm, okay. Yeah, similar to like, oh, it's like arsenic. Oh, yeah, I heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, 
sadly, Caroline's father died several years um, earlier and had left behind a house that her stepmother, Christine Mickelson, had continued to live in. So Caroline had got an idea. She made up some cakes because she was just that kindly grandmother type. I mean, she is a great... Wait, is she a grandmother at this time? I don't know. Her kids are getting older. Yeah. But I mean, sister. if one of them was 28, yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she loved to bake cookies and shit, so she brought some cookies and cakes and brought them over to her stepmother Christine's house um, and had some, you know, tea and cookies with her. Some thallium tea and cookies. It's just so innocent, though. Like, oh, I don't know how many times I've been out with my mom and we're going to go visit her, you know, friends that live somewhere. And, like, what do you do? You'd, like, literally just have tea and cookies. I mean, it doesn't yeah. have to be the 1800s. Pretty normal <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> you go and yeah. visit. <laughs> but she obviously wasn't eating any of these cookies. Yeah, that's the first sign. <laughs> right? Like, ah. Uh... I know. People must have just been not suspicious at all. They didn't have books and books and TV shows <laughs> about murder. I feel like, yeah, it's, it's hard because we always think that we would know so much better when we're into true crime and stuff. But, yeah. Um, everything, uh, yeah. Either way, everything kind of was fine. Everything's hunky-dory. Uh, until Christine did pass away in November 1977. Uh, but even then, like, she was fairly elderly, so no one really raised an alarm. Mm. I mean, this was her stepmother, after all, so her father's already dead. Yeah. They're, maybe they're like, ah, they're in that stage of life, as horrible as this is to say. But next, her husband's sister-in-law, Angelina Thomas, passed away in 1948 at the age of 84 um again kind of older but it's yeah just like people in their same family yeah uh the next to die though would be john lundberg a 60 year old seaman teehee-hee <laughs> who had gone on vacation with caroline and richard in 1948 so just a friend really okay she had nothing to gain by killing him, and he was a healthy, strong, you know, not very old person. So it was mm -hmm. kind of a bold move, yeah. Yeah, that's a little bizarre. If she had nothing to gain from that. Yeah, obviously something else is here. She just likes it now. She a serial killer, officially. <laughs> Damn. Don't take her tea. Yeah. The dog is scraping outside the room. <laughs> I can hear him when it's quiet. Okay. <laughs> and then the the whole jingle jangle. <laughs> uh, next, Mary Ann Mickelson died on February 15th, 1949. She was Caroline's sister-in-law, and she was only 60 years old. So this was pretty rough, because before she had died, she had become increasingly ill her hair had fallen out and she had noticeably had trouble with um, speech and things like that and had started losing her sight. Oh. Yeah, yes. like, like definitely went on for a while. 
so she was bedridden and Caroline was helping to care for her because Auntie Carrie, as they called her, must care, right? <laughs> yeah. Then Caroline starts visiting Eveline Lundberg, widow of John Lundberg, who had died after vacationing with Caroline and Richard. That friend oh my god, whatever. stay away from that family. <laughs> right? Stop branching out. She's like, I don't know many people. <laughs> I'm gonna murder everybody I've ever met. <laughs> she brought her cookies and tea. Uh, but she probably never ate much, and yeah, she probably wasn't offering much comfort. And then the Lundberg's daughter, Christina Downey, and her husband, John, also partook in some of the poison pastries. Jeez. She's just no mercy. They all got very sick, and Eveline went blind. In 1952, a housewife was convicted of thallium poisoning in a place called Newton, which I assume was fairly nearby enough because they heard about it. They heard oh, about okay. this Yvonne Fletcher. Yeah, someone had killed their husband. So they're like, okay, this is a thing. <laughs> and they began to grow suspicious of Auntie Carrie, especially the Lundberg Downey family. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they're like, no, 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 no. Their dad, like the dad's already dead. Whether he's older or not. I don't know. Anyway, it's just... You know what I mean? But that's sometimes why suspicion doesn't get raised. So it's just like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, but one day, John Downey saw something suspicious. He noticed Caroline taking something from her apron pocket and slipping it in his mother-in-law's drink. So he sneakily poured the contents of that cup out into another container and then later had it tested... So That's thallium... pretty cool. I know. <laughs> I was kind of like, "Ooh, look at him go!" <laughs> yeah. And that's how they found it. Thallium was found, and the downies were tested, and traces were found in their system as well. So they've obviously been already poisoned. Yeah. But not died. It's um, probably. I think thallium is like a. A progressive one. You have to get multiple doses. Right? Like, what did it yeah. say? It was a heavy metal? It's like, yeah, that's... Yeah. Not maybe as crazy as some chemicals, but... Yeah, it's going to make I mean... it more look like more unnatural causes, because it's going to be a progressive thing. As opposed sure. to, like, foaming yeah. at the mouth, suddenly dropping dead, dramatic thing. Yeah, until maybe by then it wouldn't be too, it would be too late anyway. Yeah. Like, I, I always think of, because that's probably scarred me for life, but watching Oz, the prison show, <laughs> and then they got, they were feeding one guy, didn't like this other guy, because, duh, prison, and <laughs> they, like, fed him ground glass, because he worked in the kitchen, and then so the guy in the kitchen fed his enemy, like, ground glass for so long enough that, like... He just had stomach problems, yeah, until one day he just was, like, basically started, like, coughing up blood. And it was like, oh, yep, too late. Like, he's pretty wow. gone, you know. Yeah. yeah. I think he died. I can't remember. Russell will tell me once she gets to this, because she's <laughs> my sister's um, on the ship. 
Because she's in the Navy. So oh. she might be behind on the episodes. <laughs> oh, snap. I think she just watched or listened to cults, so she's not that that behind. But She's not even behind. <laughs> well, she couldn't listen to it the day it came out. Oh, okay. <laughs> <sighs> I'm like, we don't even right. have another episode out yet. <laughs> right. That's she's true. behind. Oh my god, she said you mentioned a Mormon, and then I was like, wait, she she was like, that was the guy, uh, the Mormons from Big Love, and I was like, you love that show, and I was like, wait, Kelsey covered Mormons? And she's like, well, no, she just mentioned it, and I was like, okay, I thought I was going crazy, because I didn't remember it. <laughs> Mormons. Like, well, it's your... an offshoot of yeah. the Mormon. We talked about the... Okay. Um, what's his face? The keep, sweet, pray, and obey... That was probably who she was talking about, yeah. because I don't know much about it, but she was, Russ is a really big fan of the Big Love show, and she said that was based on that particular Mormon yeah. sect or whatever. Yeah. 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 She's dressed up as him for Halloween. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Creepy. Anyway, I don't know. I've not seen the show. <laughs> Gross. He's I'm like sorry. a 26-time convicted well, pedophile. <laughs> like, I think. The, yeah. Whatever. And the guy from the show, that's Albie. I don't know. Now I feel like I'm just putting my foot in it because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. We can always cut this out. <laughs> so they found the traces of thallium. And then they decided to exhume the family members of Caroline's that had died and found very small traces there as well. But it was so little that they did think the best option was to prosecute her for the attempted murder of the Lundberg family, or at least Eveline, who was now blind and widowed, thanks to Caroline. Wow. Yeah. So this was probably the stronger case, they figured, than... Mm -hmm. Yeah, whatever the other ones. The prosecutors pointed out the financial motive in the first murder where she would have gained her stepmother's house. Yeah, like that one I can see. Sounds bad, but right? that one I can... Yeah. I mean, if there's a housing crisis and there's rats and your stepmom has a house, <laughs> you kill her she with rat, rat poison. poison. Yeah. It was all circumstantial, and, and the first one was almost opportune. Well, yeah, it's like, it, it, the first one had some personal motive, and then she just got out of control. Yeah. Um, oh, and what I wrote was that after that, or after that, she seemed to get a taste for it. And I literally was writing that, and I was like, that was no pun intended for me. It was just my wording. <laughs> so, <clears throat> once she was brought to trial... She alternated outbursts of laughter with feigned remorse and denial, saying she was helping her family to live, not kill. Whatever. Okay. That means. I don't know. A stupid quote. <laughs> they sentenced her after only 12 minutes of deliberation <laughs> on October 15th, 1953. Yeah. <laughs> that bitch is guilty. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so great. first she was, yeah, no, it is, it is. 
It's a great detail. Yeah. Like, thank you, someone, for writing that down. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I watched a movie the other day, um, and it was like a court... Well, it wasn't a court trauma. It was like a paranormally type movie. Um, and But it was about lawyers. <laughs> so stupid. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, but it they did, and they're like, the jury deliberated for only 37 minutes. And I was like, wow, that's really short. And then I didn't think I'd hear of shorter, but this was 13 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 12 minutes, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Right? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, even 37. It's so specific. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We couldn't even do a podcast for 12 minutes. And I I yeah. listened to one on Good Pods that's called The Stupid History Minute. And it's literally never longer than two minutes long. Oh my god. <laughs> that's like a I YouTube start... ad. But it's, it's informative. You don't realize how much information you can get in one to two minutes. He yeah. like told me the history of Arby's restaurants. And I was like, damn. No. <laughs> and then it's like on good pods like when you're within a minute or two of the show ending it'll be like recommend this to a friend so as soon as you turn it off it's already like recommend this because it's almost over yeah okay um <clears throat> uh one source said there were so did I say she was first sentenced to death and then they commuted it to life later? No. Okay, that's what I meant to say. And then one source said there were dozens, actually, of potential other victims who had gotten sick um, on or around the same time as the others. Oh, I think I might have a little bit more on this in the next quote, but... Uh, yeah, other other potential victims were there. And at at the prison, I think it was, Long Bay, it was called, she was nicknamed Aunt Thally. (laughs) Savage. It's like Aunt Sally with a lisp. No, but yeah, yeah, Aunt Thally. And she died of peritonitis in 1960. What's peritonitis? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I want to know. I hope it's painful. Uh, should I? Yeah. Itises are never good. <laughs> right. Peritonitis. Meeting. Look it up. I usually look everything up, right? Case of questions. You and I are the same. The are. inflammation of a silk-like mem- membrane that lines your abdominal wall and covers your organs within your abdomen. Ooh. It's usually due to a bacterial or fungal infection. What's the most common oh, cause? Okay. I Google, like... tell me. <laughs> Trying to find the most seem... common cause. Oh, okay. But, like, I guess Because, like, remember, I was, we were just talking about how we used to have to do travel medical insurance and talk to old people about their different symptoms and one of the things you had to ask was if they had like diverticulitis and that was something like fatty sacks on the colon and I'm like now I know that (laughs) Mm, yeah uh the most common cause is liver disease with cirrhosis Hmm. (gasps) that's not good you get that from drinking too much 
Okay, well, she wouldn't have been able to do much of that in jail, you wouldn't think, though. Yeah. I don't know. It didn't say she was, like, an alcoholic. Hmm. Um, little bit, the end of that was a couple of quotes that were pertinent. Um, yeah, about the thallium poisonings in the, at the time. Quote, the method was not uncommon in the 1950s. The mother-in-law of prominent Balmain rugby league footballer, Bobby Lulham, was acquitted of poisoning him. It had made him very ill, but did not kill him. So, like, I guess this mother poisoned her son that was a rugby player? I was like, what the fuck? Strange. And it's another quote was that in 1953, Sydney was in the grip of thallium panic. From March 1952 until the arrest of Grills, there had been 46 cases of reported thallium poisoning involving 10 deaths. In the few months after her arrest, there were further reported cases of thallium poisoning, among them one of uh, a prominent footballer. Oh, yeah, 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 which was the one. I just oh, mentioned. okay. Wow, that's quite a few. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, and yeah, that was that was a short one, but that was that. I, I, Interesting. I had, I had a, a case or two because I was like, that one was shorter than what I usually do. Yeah. <laughs> well, at first my, I changed something on my Microsoft Word and then it wasn't telling me how many pages I had. And I was like, you're just giving me a word count. And then, oh, yeah, when I finally figured it out, it was like four pages. And I was like, yeah, that's still pretty short for me. Like, I don't know. And so I have a other small mysterious case if you want. Sure. Yeah. But is sort of true crimey, but sort of not. Okay. Interesting. Heard of it? Yeah. Hey, he wanted weird stuff in Australia, and this one's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, this one's for you, Sean. Um, <laughs> the Trump family mystery, or you could call it a semi disappearance, if you wanted, perhaps. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of this. In August of 2016, police were called to the home of the Trump family in Sylvan, Victoria. It's pretty short, to be honest. Um, they find the doors unlocked, cars were in the driveway, and had keys in the ignition. One vehicle was eventually determined to be missing that was like a station wagon. So one of the cars was gone. Okay. Oh, I know. Setting the scene. Um, all the important official documents were seemingly in the house. There were passports, phones, bank cards, piles of financial documents had been left out in the open, sort of in stacks, almost like somebody might've been searching for something or I don't know. I thought maybe organizing something, but at the time, no one was home on the family farm. Um, so when the police got there, there was none of the five family members there. Oh, and the farm was a red currant farm. They farmed some berries and stuff. That was oh, okay. Quaint. And something about dirt. But I was like, I don't understand dirt <laughs> or hay farming. I'm not... Whatever. I won't comment on it. 
(laughs) (laughs) But there should have been five family members there. Uh, Mark Trump, 51, his wife Jessica, 53, and they had three children, Rihanna, 29, Mitchell, 25, and Ella, 22. So thankfully they were able to find the family members one by one over the next five days scattered across locations in and around New South Wales and Victoria. This sounds vaguely familiar. Okay. Yeah. It's like now that I listen to podcasts, I'm like, okay, okay, I know this. This must be a famous case. And then I'm like, you've started listening to podcasts in the last two years. Like, you didn't know about this before then. So I'm like, I don't know if it's famous or not. I've heard yeah. it once on one thing. <laughs> I think they, oh, I'm trying to think. It's either, oh, because it's, it's not the one, the weird one with the video of the family, like, standing in their driveway. Doesn't sound like that, but. No, I don't remember reading about a video. Oh, it's the creepiest thing ever. They talk about it on BuzzFeed Unsolved and they show the videos. It's creepy. They're like literally standing in their driveway and it's like, imagine somebody's packing up their car to go on vacation and there's like three or four of them and they just stand in the driveway and like paranormal activity rock back and forth for like 10 minutes straight and then they start like going back to normal and then they start doing that again and it's like 1 a.m. and it's like hours of it and you're like what the fuck is wrong with this family and then they all disappeared and died it was like what the fuck yeah so weird yeah anyway no that's fucked up yeah but i was gonna say the movie that would remind me of was uh, us because Mm. the family comes and stands in their driveway and then he's up with the baseball bat like what the fuck do you want bro (laughs) oh my god that's creepy as fuck yeah yeah this one is it's a creepy light one just because everyone seems safe and sound now which (laughs) is good yeah yeah but so they piece together some information from the family members to paint sort of a picture of the timeline um uh yes so what the daughters rihanna said a buildup of stressful situations had led to her dad having a mental breakdown where he had become paranoid that someone was after him. And it seemed like his wife also began to share the same paranoid delusions. So a lot of sources said they both had them. So, I mean, I hate when people, I just don't like the mass mass hysteria. Yeah. Sort of terms that they used to always blanket everything, but. I, I know that it, it could happen, like, living in pro- close proximity. They all, all their grown children lived on the farm with them and probably worked for them. And so it's not said whether they were very sociable or anything like that. So okay. they could have been kind of kept to themselves. But I don't know. It's still very strange. <laughs> with the picture you posted, they all look severely related like the daughters look so much like the mom it's insane (laughs) like they all have the exact same haircut and the same hair color and the same face and the same smile (laughs) but they all look so nice and happy i was gonna say yeah i remember that it just was like yeah they're just a happy family there's not really any you know interesting pictures but yeah they're just oh no i can't find it but yeah yeah you can tell they're related Um, yeah (laughs) <laughs> that's funny 
But yeah, so apparently this is what led them to flee the home, taking like everything with them. <laughs> okay, for some reason I have written taking mothering with them. That's mothering. not the right word. <laughs> everything with them that could be used to track them. So they were trying to stay completely off the grid, which is why they didn't have the cell phones or anything because they didn't want to be followed. Yeah. I guess. So Monday, August 29th, that's when they left the house and headed towards New South Wales. And then about 32 kilometers into the trip, they discovered that Mitchell had brought a cell phone and they made him toss it out the window. Okay. So, yeah. Tuesday, August 30th, around 7 a.m., Mitchell decided he'd become tired and frustrated with his parents' strange behavior and decided he was going to leave. Um... Later, he had said he went with the family to just keep them as safe as possible. Um, quote, I just had to go with the family because I wanted to see where they were going. I couldn't leave them, he said. But yeah, it was tough to see your family like that, and I've never seen anything, anyone like it, rather. But the main thing is they're okay now. Everyone is safe. Everyone is well. So we can just go back to being the family again. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. Um... So he left them near Bathurst, which is the town that's also in New Brunswick. <laughs> okay. Bathurst, like, near Moncton. Yeah. I think we've mentioned it before <laughs> on the podcast. Oh, really? I think so. It sounds familiar. That's funny. <laughs> um, he started making his way back home via Sydney. So they had, when they left initially, I don't know if I did say it, but they had covered like 800 kilometers or like something like 500 wow. miles. Like it had been a, they had gone a ways. That's um, like, yeah, that'd be like a solid eight to 10 hours driving, depending how fast you're going. Yeah. One of the websites did have a pretty good map. I'm sorry. I probably should have included that one just for your like visual reference. But yeah, they went like kind of pretty far up the coast up yeah. towards Sydney and got near there and then like end up coming back down and stuff as we'll see um later the two sisters left as well when the family stopped off at a place called the Jendon caves near the blue mountains sounds pretty yeah <laughs> um and they actually stole a car there to split off from their parents and drove to a place called goulburn goulburn Ghoul. No, it's not G H O U L, but it's almost G O U L. Um but there the sisters separated for some unknown reason. Um apparently there was some conversation. Like I, there's like no details almost about any of these things, but one of them was like I got to go home and feed the horses and then so Ella, oh yeah, that must have been Ella, because she drives on home towards Silva, while Rihanna, Rihanna ended up in the back of a utility vehicle, which a ute, they said in one article, which apparently means an abbreviation for utility, term used in Australia and New, Australia and New Zealand, to describe vehicles with a tonneau behind the passenger compartment. That can be driven with a regular driver's license, but the pictures all just, to me, look like what we'd call here just a pickup truck. So, like, it's oh, okay. sort of 
bigger than a car yeah. vehicle, and she's in the back kind of thing. It might be the weight of the truck. It's possible. Yeah. Because at first when they said utility vehicle, I was like, does that just mean like what we call an SUV here? But no, I don't think so. Um, so she was in the back, and the driver of this vehicle was Keith Whitaker, and he had driven several kilometers before he felt... A kick to the back of his seat. Oh, that'd be so creepy. No, thank right. you. Fuck. It's like serious urban legend vibes. <laughs> he said, I turned around and saw two legs stretched between my seat and the floor. She was lying on the floor. I got an extreme shock. <laughs> yeah, I'd swerve and like crash the car. Oh my god. Yeah, right? That'd Jeez. be the fear. Yeah, you get a bee in your car. One time my friend swerved, like, three lanes. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Um, and it was uh, Rihanna, and as he described, Rihanna was catatonic. She was almost completely non-responsive to his questions and could not answer simple questions about her name or how she had got there. So he phoned the police, who brought her to the Goldburn Hospital and treated her for stress-related issues. Wow. By that afternoon, Jacoba and Mark were reported missing. I think by one of the kids at this point, because Ella was home. So, by the way, police had been, like, alerted. And that's... Er, hang on. That afternoon, they were reported missing. I think by one of the kids, but police had gone to the house and found it empty. But later that same day, Ella made it home. I'm not sure which of the, like, kids or neighbors actually reported them missing, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That important. Um, and then Wednesday, August 31st, Mitchell arrives home from Sydney on the overnight train, because he had gone off from them first. <laughs> the brother. Um... And he's like, okay, I'm home. That was crazy. And then police end up searching the caves because they were told by the kids, Ella and Mark, that they, the parents and all of them had stopped at the caves there. So around this time, unbeknownst to the police, the parents were actually homeward bound via a place called Wangarata. Wangarata. <laughs> it looks like it might be an indigenous name. I was like, ooh, double T's. This is a fun name. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, but there, the parents, the two of them split up, and Jacoba, the mom, goes north towards a place called Yas. Yas. <laughs> I love it. Y-A-S-S. <laughs> and yes, I listened to one podcast about this, and they literally couldn't not say that, too. Yas. <laughs> Uh, and this is near Canberra, and she made her way on public transport, I read, and Mark stayed in Wangaratta. So, later that night, a couple realized they were being tailgated by someone very aggressively. They pulled over, scared, and a man got out and ran straight towards them, stopped abruptly in the middle of the road, and just stared at them. Ooh. <laughs> right? I mean, I'd be already terrified because, you know, road ragers, right? You'd think, like, 
they're gonna kill you or something. Yeah. Because he's following them so close. But then he took off into uh, Marawa Park. But this man matched Mark's description, so they thought it was him. And Thursday, September 1st, Mitchell Trump, the son, makes a TV appearance saying his father is unwell, missing, and possibly delusional. He's not in a good state of mind, he told the public. I've never seen anyone like this or anyone conduct themselves in this way. I just really want my dad to be found. He's not dangerous. He's my mate, my father. I love him. Hmm. I know. That afternoon, Jacoba Jacoba was admitted to the hospital in Yas after Yas after some <laughs> good Samaritans found her wandering around the town in an agitated state. So she's now scooped up. So that's good. And Saturday, September 3rd, they located Mark, uh, the father, in Wangarata by the evening. Police were able to, um, like, they assessed his mental state uh, briefly there with the police. And then he actually had a brother who was a police officer, so they released him into his care. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was good. Mm -hmm. And apparently while he drove away as the media had gathered around hearing that he'd been found he gave them all the fingers he drove away from them <laughs> okay yeah um so yeah both the parents were definitely assessed and found to be in an unstable sort of mental condition at the time uh nothing that i know of was ever diagnosed after that though so it just kind of was like over and Weird. by the next, I know the like the father Mark made a statement the next week, kind of apologizing and saying like for any upset, saying without reservation I apologize for the hurt and concern caused by these events. Um, and then Rihanna gave an interview later to Women's Day magazine. She alluded to a sort of shared kind psychosis but yes I don't like mass hysteria or anything like that super a lot so I, I don't know it's hard they definitely yeah. was some influence and she tried to explain it she said you do start thinking the same you have a few things and they do build up you can get sick in some way and Ella said it is very confusing I still feel confused I think our state of minds uh, wasn't in the best place and um, yeah, I can't even really, there's no real one reason for it. It is bizarre. End quote. Um, and finally, Mitchell, the brother, said, I've never seen anything like it. It's really hard to explain or put a word on it, but they were just fearing for their lives and then they decided to flee. It was a buildup of different normal everyday events, just pressure, and it slowly got worse as the days went by. And apparently yeah. that's the quote I decided to end it on because that one was <laughs> so closing. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Yeah, I figured out where I had heard it. It's from, yes. they covered it like 10 episodes into BuzzFeed Unsolved in their true crime Ooh, season. Okay. Yeah, so it was nice. like in their first season. Yeah. You do say that's a good show and I haven't watched a lot of it. I know people like... <laughs> yeah 
it's a bit more short form, right? I know we're a bit Yeah, they're normally about uh, 20 minutes or so. That can be good. I yeah. like a lot of things that are... Because I, like, I don't only listen to ones like ours where there's two people and it's conversational. And sometimes yeah. you can listen to a one person tell a case like, and just get it all out. And you're like, all right. <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. that's all you need. Yeah, because you do the banter and the speculating in your own mind. But then mm-hmm. I'm just yelling at the podcast the whole time when, <laughs> you know, no one else is there to be like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I hope you will end us out with a fun fact. I hope I didn't take up too, too much time. I think we're good. <laughs> we were at like 50 some minutes, so I can probably go through some of these. I tried not mm-hmm. to pre-read many. I only kind of read, like, the little blurb description. Right. Um, As you do when you don't want to spoil yourself on someone else's case. Or yeah. <laughs> uh, let's do this That's first funny. one. This is 13 crazy facts about Australia that will make you love this country. And oh, I already do. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if I'll read them all, but this is makemytrip.com. Uh, okay. So the first one says, if you visit one new beach in Australia every day, it would take over 27 years to see them all. That's crazy. Huh? Yeah. I mean, what do they consider a beach? Oh my god, that's insane. Yeah. I cannot do the math. (laughs) (laughs) She's Uh, a lot. Yeah. They say that about New York, if you visited one restaurant every night, you would never in your lifetime visit all of the, like, restaurants that would be open in New York on any one day. Like, Yeah. Talk about YOLO. And, yeah. No, FOMO. Fear of missing out. That one. Yes. <laughs> oh. uh, you only live once, but you can't get to them all. <laughs> live with that, sucker. <laughs> right? Uh, each year, Brisbane hosts the World Championships of Cockroach Racing. Oh my god. I didn't know no. there was such thing. Why? Um, <laughs> the next couple are kind of funny. Australia is the only continent in the world without an active volcano. That's kind of cool. Really? Yeah. We should go there before the zombie apocalypse. Wait. <laughs> before World's End. <laughs> We're hunkering down with you guys, right? We're all Commonwealth <laughs> countries. We're friends. <laughs> There's too many big bugs there. No, thank you. Uh, oh, poor Australia. Everyone always making fun of their bugs. <laughs> yeah, they not got long. No volcanoes. That's pretty cool. Not. It wouldn't be a long-term place I could live. Uh, <laughs> There's no the... Halloween. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Australia... <laughs> Has three times more sheep than people. Really? Yeah. According to this, it does. Oh, it sounds more like a New Zealand thing, to be fair. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The largest Greek population in the world besides Athens in Greece can be found in Melbourne, Victoria. Really? Yeah. Melbourne? What the fuck? That's crazy. (laughs) This one's funny. I mean, funny. we get a lot of Asians in, like, Western Canada, but, like... Yeah. <laughs> the largest. Wow. 
Uh, I like this one, and I would like to know more. An Australian man once tried to sell New Zealand on eBay. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds familiar. It's like, it's like that so um, petty. That con artist I covered in India that was trying to sell like the Taj Mahal and sold oh, the yeah. Chamber of Commerce <laughs> and all the sitting members. So we like, cause why not? We all just decide we own the land here anyway. It's also arbitrary. Oh yeah. my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, the Australian Alps receive more snowfall than Switzerland. That's interesting. Damn, and they're called the Alps, too? I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, the Australian Alps. There's a nice picture. Oh. Uh, I mean, I suppose Alps is just usually short for Alpine. I should be surprised they use it, but... <laughs> uh, we don't have Alps here. We got mountains. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, most of Australia's exotic flora and fauna cannot be found anywhere else in the world. Wow. That's a pretty cool claim yeah. to fame. Um, so the examples are koalas, koakas? <gasps> or oh, koakas? Is it Q-U-O-K-K-A? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, that is so funny. Only because um, somebody turned into a kuoka on D&D the other night with like the magical ability that some characters have they can turn into a, an animal <laughs> oh, okay. and they look like they're like apparently they're part of the marsupial family so they're like these tiny wallabies but to me they look like the little chipmunks with these like super big cheeks that like Aww. you know what i mean almost look like they just got like tooth surgery they have like these swollen cheeks and these little smiley faces <laughs> they're so Weird. cute yeah <laughs> Adorable. You should look them up. They're so cute. <laughs> uh, the next one says Australia was the second country in the world to give women the right to vote in 1902. Yay! Round oh, of applause. Um, and they were like barely a country, as we just learned. They were like, yeah, they were like born the year before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Per capita, Australians spend more money on gambling than any other nation, with over 80% of Australian adults engaging in gambling of some kind. Really? And then it says also 20% of the world's poker machines are found in Australia. Huh. That's surprising. They're keeping up with, like, Las Vegas and... Uh, Macau. That's a big yeah. gambling one in Hong Kong. Yeah. Weird. It says, did you know that Canberra was selected as the capital because Sydney and Melbourne could not stop arguing which city should be the capital? <laughs> That's pretty good. Really? Yeah. Okay, that I didn't know, but feel like That's I should have. <laughs> Canberra? Uh, Canberra. It's I've never even capital? heard of it. Uh, it's the capital. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. Okay, okay. Well, be it's like when you don't have usual capitals. Like, the capital fucking New York State is like Albany instead of New York City. Yeah. It's like you have those weird capitals. And they would, in travel school, they'd be like, yeah, this is one of those capitals that doesn't make sense. <laughs> mm. I feel like this is one of them. Because <laughs> you're like, you think it's Sydney, but nope. Fucking Canberra. 
the next one, this list's almost done. I have a few more lists. We'll see if they have good ones on there. Uh, this one says Australia is home to the longest fence in the world, originally built to keep dingoes away from fertile land. The fence is now 5,614 kilometers long. Holy shit. It's like the mm-hmm. great fence of Australia. Yeah. <laughs> the dingoes. Oh, uh, no. They're vicious, though. The dingoes really did fucking eat her, baby. I always want to say that because you hear that joke from Seinfeld, but then I'm like, God damn it. The dingoes really can eat your baby. That's not fucking cool. That's scary shit. (laughs) Uh, I like this last one. You'll like it too. There are 60 designated wine regions in Australia producing (laughs) approximately 1.3 trillion bottles of wine every year. God damn. Trillion? Yeah. Trillion? 1.35 trillion. Wow. Yeah, Uh, it usually does have a pretty big section, you know, in the wine area mm. of different liquor stores. That's so cool. Yeah. So those ones were from makemytrip.com. I have a couple other sites. Let's see. I don't want to repeat them. Uh, no. Uh, okay, there's a few from this one. This is from travelnation.co.uk. Uh, the one says 90% of Australians live on the coast. Which is, oh, damn. Yeah, that's crazy. That's, yeah, that's similar to... I've heard similar facts about Canada where supposedly like near 90% of us live within... 10 kilometers of the U.S. border, which obviously we don't. Mm, so yeah. <laughs> it's not all, but it's, it's like, like Ontario and Quebec that are, and like right. Vancouver that are pushing us only. Fuck yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this one says Tasmania has the cleanest air in the world. Oh my god, yeah. look at that little island go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The Tasmanian uh, devil. He's the dirt <laughs> devil. <laughs> uh, the Great Barrier Reef is the largest ecosystem in the world. That's mm. cool. It's also the biggest coral reef. Yeah. The uh, next up. one says Fraser Island is the largest sand island in the world. Okay. Never even heard that. Don't build there. Yeah. Oh, well, apparently there's also 150 dingoes on the island, so be careful. Oh my god. <laughs> there's like an island off the no- coast of Nova Scotia that like only has wild horses on it. It's like Sable <gasps> Island. <laughs> yeah, so cool. Uh, Indian Pacific Train has the longest straight section of train track in the world. Oh. Ooh, the picture just looks like it never stops. Uh, <laughs> it's a smooth ride. Yeah, it doesn't really say it doesn't say how long it is. Boo. Um, oh. <laughs> the Great Ocean Road is the world's largest war memorial. Oh, it's very pretty. It looks like a rainbow. Um, 
Built by oh, returning wow. soldiers after World War One, the road was dedicated as a memorial to those who died fighting and was de- de- was designed whew, to connect <laughs> the isolated communities that clung to the edge of Victoria's rugged coastline. So it's like a scenic kind of route. It's pretty cool. I love the description. Mm-hmm. Romance novel, the rugged coastline. Or yeah. like travel brochures, they get like that too. <laughs> Everything's scenic and <laughs> yeah. I have one more. These are thirty-one weird facts about Australia that will amaze you from oh, landlopers.com. <laughs> I just wanted to see. Well, I didn't know how many there was gonna be that would repeat, so. I just, like, basically opened the first three articles on, like, the Google results and then kept them in stabs. Um, Australia is the sixth largest country by size at 2.9 million square miles. All right, all right, respectable. Uh, It has a population that's about 22.6 million um wow the next yeah uh the closest american state in population is new york which has 19.6 million yet australia is more than 53 times its size that's funny isn't that bizarre Mm -hmm. in contrast new york freaking state there you go you got two shout outs this episode (laughs) yeah uh, Texas is the largest state in the continental U.S., but the largest state in Australia, Western Australia, is more than three times its size, but Texas has 13 times as many people. That was a very confusing statement. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, because they have, like, six. Yeah. Charlie. The world's longest golf course, measuring more than 850 miles long, is located in Australia. It's long as shit. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I know how long the so the the straight railway track is 297 miles. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's fucking long. 300 miles yeah. straight track. Straight track, bitch. That's long. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a bunch of others, but that's okay. Oh, okay. what are you doing? Did they make it like so? Like the funnest one was at the end, or were they all just like random? No, it's just <laughs> like should... a list, oh. like by different categories about like people and wildlife and stuff. Okay. Well, they were fun. I do like yeah. that. I was just wondering. <laughs> Sorry. It was good cases. We did good. Yeah. It's like nice to anyway. revisit. Yeah. Yes. I hope he likes it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. We'll see you next week. <laughs> yes. Bye. For, oh, some Ukrainian folklore. Yes. All right. Very (laughs) exciting. See you then. (laughs) Bye-bye.
<clears throat> Are we good to go? Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. I kill you. No. Sorry. Me. <laughs> Fuck up. Some. Oh. <laughs> Gordos being a shit. Oh, I see. Being attacked by a cat. Uh. Oh, no. Go away, Gordo. No. He found his way back in. Well, he was asleep on my bed when we broke, but. Uh, What's the next one? Sorry, I forgot we had to end it. This has been Castles and Cryptids. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and our YouTube channel. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. On our website, you can listen to all of our episodes as well as view pictures for each of our segments. Check out our Patreon page to view all of our tiers and become a Patreon supporter today to unlock monthly bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes content. We are working on an Ask Us Anything. You can submit questions by social media or by email at castlesencryptids at gmail.com. Do you have a spooky ghost story, a creepy cryptid sighting, or a thrilling true crime tale you would like to share and have us include in a future episode? Send us your listener story by social media or by email. Please include the name that you would like mentioned. Our music is by Kobe Affair. Our logo and artwork is by Antonio Garcia. Thanks for listening!